Welcome to the Dev Ready Podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Today, we're joined by Nicola Steele. Nicola is the uh, founder of JJ Talent Solutions, and JJ Talent Solutions is all about recruiting in the IT space, and Nicola's been involved in that since uh, 1999, um, going way back there, so plenty of experience in the space. Uh, why we've brought uh, Nicola on is to talk about if you are building tech and tech product, at some point, you may want to move from the outsource model to bringing a team internally. So we want to understand what that means, what that looks like, and how you might go about that. Nicola, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Andrew. And just one thing, it's JJP. I think you forgot oh, the P. I forgot the P. Um, Apologies, you <laughs> Yeah, JJP, you can see them here in the background. Well, you can't quite see them. You've got the three most important things in my life, apart from my husband, who is also called Andrew, but that didn't fit in with the, the name. So you've got Jessica, Jasmine, and the P is Purdy, the dog, the one that I silenced. Oh, you put the dog in a name. I love it. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, she's, she's adorable. Yeah. Thank you very much. So, yeah, recruiting for the last 22 years. I must have been a child um, when I started. Um, and as you can hear from my accents, um, quite a large proportion of that was in the UK. So mm-hmm. I was in the UK uh, up until 2012 and moved to Brisbane uh, okay. in April of 2012. And in the UK, I worked for various corporate IT um, recruitment companies in London mm-hmm. um, and then had the first baby, Jessica. Uh, in 2005, almost exactly 16 years ago. Um, And after I had my first baby, I decided to build my own business. So I had Mm. six years of running my own business, Morgan Steel, in the UK, mainly dealing with London and the South East. And then my husband got the opportunity uh, to move to Brisbane, uh, I'd watched lots of neighbours home and away, uh, knew, <laughs> knew, knew everything expect, about yes. Australia and thought, why not? Um, I did think I could run an IT recruitment business that was UK based in Australia. That was either very oh, optimistic. Very optimistic, yes. Or very been. stupid. I mm. think probably the latter. <laughs> so I quickly realised that... Australia was more expensive than we realized um, and had to go back into corporate recruitment, working for somebody else, um, Mm -hmm. which I endured for about three years and then set at JJP back in 2016, so nearly five years ago. Okay, so a lot of experience across the journey. Yeah, so I like to run my own show. But what I also like to do is help, well, not but, is help companies, tech companies, build high-performing teams. Mm -hmm. So the majority of clients over those 22 years that I've dealt with have been a mix of tech startups, scale-ups, innovative SMEs, corporates to a lesser extent, um, because I like, I, I don't like bureaucracy. Bureaucracy drive. I can't even say it. It drives me insane. It takes the (laughs) fun out of it. Mm. Um, And one of my clients, for example, this is back in London, um, and he, I've known him since 2000. He's now out in Seattle working for Amazon, but helped him build. He was um, involved in mobile technology when it was first really fashionable Mm -hmm. um, and recruited for 10 years uh, and recruited his team. 
and really from just a tiny little seed to this organization that uh, eventually got acquired by Open Text um, for multi millions. Mm-hmm. Mm. He always paid his invoices on time, but he never gave me the multi-millions that he he achieved there. And then in Brisbane, a similar aspect, really focusing on that startup scale-up space and particularly Series A, Series B is Mm -hmm. the space that I really enjoy Mm. because they've still got the fun but they're also starting to get the money because when you're really early stage, it's difficult because you're bootstrapping. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still deal with those kind of organizations. Okay. Uh, but they then when they get to that next Series A, Series B stage. It um, is um, a different level of business when you're dealing in that space. Like this, the red tape just doesn't exist and decisions could be made faster and oh. things are the momentum's moving, um, especially if there's a bit of funding and revenues behind these businesses as they, they're growing. It is a lot of fun um, and a lot of uh, just learning on the fly, uh, which is what I enjoy about the space. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing. Once it gets almost too big, the fun kind of disappears and the red tape and the processes mm-hmm. come in that can sometimes stifle innovation. It very much depends on the team and how it's run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, otherwise, if you just let it be like it was before, it can start be- becoming a bit chaotic. Um, so I yeah, understand I think, that as well. Yeah, I think it's you get to a point in business where um, – you need to put some structure in, but you've got to be aware that you don't just want to put layers and layers. So that's, um, yeah, because then you end up in the same space. So how do you manage that, evolve that? Yeah, you need to learn. Yeah, yeah correct. So digging in on high-performance teams. So from your perspective, what are some of the key um, characteristics of a high-performance team that we want to sort of uh, sort of nurture in our environment is probably the word that I'm looking for. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think the most successful teams that I've seen grow and develop and be high performing are really values driven. And they're not just something that's written on the wall. They live it, they breathe it. Everybody is on that page on a daily basis. And that is so, so important that everybody, they understand why they're there, what impact they're going to make um, rather than just turning up every day doing the job, going home. It's about really living those values and really making a difference, Um, whether it's a difference from the customer's perspective or whether they're more purpose-driven from an environmental or society perspective, but it all comes down to having those values and being really values-driven. And trust. Trust is so important and should be the absolute foundation of the team there and giving it rather than necessarily expecting it to be earned that the trust is there um, and that mutual respect and as I talk and I, I say this a lot to throughout the whole recruitment process it's like a marriage it has to work for both parties it's not the big I am and the little people it's having that mutual respect. Um, I think from – I would agree with that. Um, as we've grown our own team, it's 
I see it as team. <laughs> um, yeah. It's about people, team. We're all one and the same and we're all collectively uh, on the same journey path and helping improve collectively, helping evolve collectively. That's one of the things I see to drive a good culture. That's from, yeah, some learnings that we've had. And that's, I think that's, yeah, again, that collective, that collaboration, that mutable, mutual, I can't say, uh, mutual accountability that everybody is in it together. Um, But also empathy as well, because sometimes we do have bad days. Or something's going on with your husband or the kids or wife or the dog or whatever, your parents. So having that empathy to understand and sometimes give a bit of slack when they've they've been excellent and there's a bit of issue, a bit of an issue is rising that person back up again as well. So I think mm. kindness is also mm-hmm. really, really important. Uh, kindness and empathy. Providing psychological safety as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's and it's not about, kind of airy-fairy, be nice. Mm. Um, so you're looking at really people first. Absolutely. It's, yeah, um, which is we're, we're people. We're, I, I think we can all look in business and we're about the numbers, numbers, numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah but people are, are everything without happy people in a place where they know they're supported, they're considered um, – if they have a bad day, like you said, they know that they can turn to somebody and just have a chat about it. Um, and I think that's yeah, massively important in any space. It's a safe environment. That's one thing I've learned about building team. But, yeah. Absolutely. And the word, the people word, that is totally mm-hmm. my language. I'm all about the yeah. people. Um I won't bring out my brochure here, but it's called The Power of People. Yes. I'm mm-hmm. writing a book. I'm not very far into it, to be perfectly honest, called okay. The Power of People, <laughs> about building high-performing yeah. teams. It's a mm. work in progress. It's been mm. in progress for a while now. But, again, it is all about the people. So when you talk about bums on seats, that sounded very Northern English then, bums. <laughs> bums on bums. seats and talking about human capital and all that kind of thing, it just mm. it, it just doesn't feel right. It's all about the people. Mm. It's not just... About the profitability, and the profitability will come because of the people, but it has to come from those foundations. And for example, talking about the psychological safety, so people can make mistakes, but by making mistakes is how they innovate. But if they feel fear that, oh golly, if I make a mistake, I'm gonna get told Mm. off or I'm gonna lose my job, then they don't want to make the mistake and therefore they don't innovate and therefore they don't create, the company doesn't create game-changing products. So it's all very much a domino effect there. Um, I was talking to, I did a podcast um, quite recently with David Davies. Do you know from Ag, Ag Unity? I don't know, David so Davies, no. He's all about um, helping smallholder farmers in developing countries. But prior okay. to that, He worked for JP Morgan, he worked for Goldman Sachs, he worked for the big banks. But the reason why he was successful, because he wasn't fearful of losing his job, he'd just do what he could, because most people in banking can't innovate because they're fearful of the big stick being whacked. And he was a maverick, so he he didn't care, he just Mm. did it. Um, But 
yeah, I think that having talking to various people, that psychological safety is so, so important um, and diversity as well. Mm. So quite often when you when you think of tech teams, <laughs> I can and explain it, our tech team if you like. <laughs> well, it's a sweeping generalization, yes. but often yeah. they're white male um, age 25 to 35. But when you look at the population, um, it's very diverse. So you need – your customers are diverse. Yeah, and some diversity is important. And we're in a, in a space where we're 90% male-dominated mm-hmm. business. Um, and you start to learn that bringing in females into the environment makes a very different um, – they got – there's different thinking. There's different perspectives. But diversity is important. We have diversity in our business, which is great. So different cultures and mm-hmm. aspects. We have an offshore team, which is um, based in Nepal, which is bringing oh, some right. significant diversity. So I think like we have diversity, but I, th- I find that the more uh, – the different levels of experiences that people have, then you have different thoughts, different ideas that come to the business. So it is very important. Absolutely. And having that respect – for that diversity, both of skills and thoughts. But it's not just women. It's the demographic diversity and older workers. That's a big issue. That's even bigger than gender. So men, once they hit 50, they think they have to give up. They don't think they're being considered for these opportunities. Um, So, and... So you've got your demographic diversity, but also the cognitive diversity as well and the, the, <laughs> how people think um, and bringing that in. It's such – I could go on forever about diversity. I think that's a fair <laughs> point because, um, yeah, having people with different age brackets and, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's another area that, yeah, we can all yeah, focus in on just bringing in the same thing. Um, I think that's something you get stuck in as you building culture. People are like you, you're attracted to, uh, and that doesn't generally serve the business and the culture long term. Yeah. And I think it's, I don't think it's mm-hmm. not through a desire to make it happen. Mm. It just sort of happens. <laughs> I think yeah. at the beginning it does happen because you've got the guys that are at college together and mm-hmm. they get a, an idea and they are yes. in, within their own networks. And then it gets more difficult for, mm-hmm. for example, me. Mm. If you probably won't want me on the team. I said my coding skills are extremely limited. <laughs> it's not but all about coding. I no. <laughs> probably would be maybe a little intimidated. Mm. Um, and older people seem to write themselves off. Okay. Which, and in a way, as a woman, for example, women often won't, won't apply for a role unless they tick 90% of the boxes. Men mm. will apply if they tick 60%. That's a, it's quite a well-known stat. So in okay. a way, that's a female issue. That comes from the women needing mm. to be bolder as well. Mm-hmm. So there are so many different things. But I don't think... From a tech leadership perspective, mm-hmm. that tech leaders don't want that to happen. They want it to happen. It's how we can make it happen and standing together shoulder to shoulder and and thinking more, of better ways. And I think it is changing. It has certainly improved in the last 20-odd years um, that I've been working but there's still a lot of work to do. I think you've touched on a lot there. Um, <laughs> and I can draw a lot to our 
our experience. So just to give you some context, Anthony and I started Aerion, which is our core business, uh, 13 years ago with some uni, go- uni mates. That's exactly how we started. And then you attract people in the same environment, which are more people out of the same uni. We basically had, and still to this day, a lot of our core team comes from the same university um, out of the Trobe in Melbourne. So it's very interesting how you sort of build a dynamic, but it's around the network we're around, right? But now we're starting to bring people in other experiences as you, yeah. you sort of grow team and evolve. You start to realise that, yeah, we've got to get outside our own box and it becomes a time that I think if we did it earlier, it would have been more beneficial for the business. And I think probably in your university cohorts, mm-hmm. um, there, there probably weren't that many women that you could no. bring on board probably anyway. A ha- probably um, a handful of women only. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, I mean, do you know Schedulo? They're a tech startup. Schedulo. I imagine origins, what they but, do, though. Yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're in. Um, they're a mobile workforce scheduling application. But the okay. um, head of, director of engineering, mm-hmm. when he would have probably been in the nineties, late nineties or early two thousands when he graduated, there was one woman on the course. Uh, yeah, that's. So it wouldn't have been far off. Yeah, um, no, I reckon three or four. Most of my classes was one one girl. Yeah, yeah. that was it. Yeah. Which must be quite intimidating from her perspective as well. And oh, then, definitely. And then you have to almost mirror the people. So she almost becomes mm-hmm. quite laddish, male, to talk to you guys. Mm. Um, so there is so – I won't go on about it. But no, that's just, it. There's yeah, so I think it's a lot of interesting dynamic in that. And I think people just need to think about that as you're building teams. So I think it's a – it's a, yeah, a and also, if you've recruiting. got kids, it's mm. how you talk to them, how you talk to your little girls. Mm-hmm. Don't give them a doll. Give them a computer to break down or give them something. <laughs> yeah. Don't do stereotypes. And mm. so it starts when they're really, really young. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of going a little bit off-piste um, there. What else is I going to say? Yes, that was it. Have fun. The, um, <laughs> the... Fun's good. High-performing teams need to have fun as well. Mm. So celebrating the wins as a team, not just Dave was really good. It's Mm. just everybody in the team has come together and collaborated and built this brilliant product, whatever it may be. So I'm all for fun. I love having fun. Fun is it should be a part of your every day. But I think as part of a high-performing team celebrating those successes and those little wins, not necessarily the big release. Mm. It's all those little wins and getting together and not just having pizzas on a Friday. It's it's more than that. Um, so I think one that's... Of, one of the dynamics that has changed as a result of um, COVID, especially yes. for our business and many businesses, is a lot more people are working from home environments. Um What's some of the things you've seen that high-performing teams that have gone to that that mould that are more remote workers now? And well, a lot of this is happening in many industries. What would you recommend around the the, the connecting, the being, keeping that uh, culture going? Because it's something that we've been on, trying to look mm-hmm. and understand. Uh, but I'm sure many other businesses out there that are in a team environment working remotely would want to look for some tools and opportunity to just keep growing that team and culture. That's a really great question. And I think your experience of COVID in Melbourne, Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. is quite different to my experience of COVID in it Brisbane. We got yeah. off lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have family and friends in the UK, of course, and their mm-hmm. experience would be very different to yours in Melbourne. And people in the U- I have friends in the US, again, it would be different. COVID, I think, will create a need for more flexibility. Yes. So if you are totally office first and lack that flexibility, I think you will self-select people out as an organisation. Um, probably a hybrid model is going to work best. So some time in the office for collaboration, team mm-hmm. building, getting to know your team. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity to do work flexibly, whether it's be at home, whether it be um, in a cafe, whatever works for you. Now, using my own personal example, I prefer working at home. I get a lot more done. I'm very easily distracted. I'll be chatting to everyone. Oh, do you want to go to the pub? Oh, that sounds lovely. So it's better keeping me at home. My husband, however, um, and he's not a tech person, but as soon as we were allowed out back to the office end of May last year, you couldn't see him for the dust because he drove off at high speed. I don't know what he says about his family, but different people want to work in different environments. And I think that's Mm. having that understanding of what works for people. Um, So not being totally prescriptive, not one size fits all. Mm. Um, I know some companies that have been flexible before COVID, and that has worked really, really well for them. The issue from their perspective, though, is now it's not necessarily a major selling point um, because everybody else yeah. was doing it. Yeah. Um, so they've had to find other ways. Yeah, I think that could be a, could have been a selling point. Yeah, especially with people that, that want that more flexibility. Now everyone's sort of had to offer the flexibility. They had no choice, especially in so, Melbourne. Yeah. But then that said, some companies are right, okay, particularly in Australia, we've got Mm -hmm. it under control, I want you back in the office. Mm. And some team members will go, well, actually, it's worked much better for me Mm -hmm. being at home, um, whether it be because they can manage their kids more, school pickup, drop off, et cetera, and just get their work done. Mm. Um, What? I think it re- it needs to be looked at on an individual basis. It goes back to people first, right? Exactly, and what? the values. Yeah. But you've still got to keep that collaboration. So people don't <laughs> like to just be stuck on their own, not communicating. Mm. And again, the generalisation, but tech people, particularly developers, tend to be more introverted. It's true. Mm-hmm. But they still need to have that people contact content. It, God, I can't speak today. Contact as well. So I did actually um, a podcast about would it have been about two years ago with Do you know Work One Eighty? Work One Eighty. I've heard that before. So I it's have. much. It's more <laughs> about. Um, it's about creating a more. Uh, I can't remember the precise details about it but it's more about diversity with a focus mm-hmm. on women uh, but no, I, I think knew I've the heard, head of engineering I, there. I don't know it now because yeah I thought it was something else yes but that's um, okay <laughs> yeah so it's kind of turning it on its head 
Okay. Um, so looking at the, for example, maternity benefits. So it's all very transparent. But okay. I was talking about the to the head of engineering there a couple mm. of years ago, and it was all flexible working. Mm. But what they and they um, were all over Australia. I think the majority of them were Brisbane based. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would catch up like this. Mm. But they'd also catch up for lunch as well, physically, yeah. and it would be more of an opportunity to enjoy each other's company yeah, rather, rather than, than talking shop. That's a fair yeah. point, right? Because, yeah, we're still collaborating as a business remotely and you, we have to. Um, but I think, yeah, putting fun into the catch-ups would exactly. make a lot of sense. Exactly, yeah. and understanding people. So if you know about people's situation, whether it's their family situation mm-hmm. or what their passions and hobbies are and all that, you can relate yeah, better to them. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. And and just have a better understanding mm. of why they do what they do or how they do things the way they do things. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to understand them personally, not just the work environment. Um, yeah, we're not in, robots. In, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> in work, we're very different to at home, and but you want to bring a bit of that to to work. You don't yeah. just want robots, like you said. I think it's yeah, you need to embrace the difference in in people and what they what they enjoy doing outside work too. I think absolutely. It's really yeah. I, I did work for somebody once, and he mm. said he wanted robots. Well, it wasn't very long before I left that organization because it's yeah. like no, no, that's yeah. that's terrible. Yeah, there's it no is. Personality. It's there's just, nothing. Yeah. Well, exactly. You can just use an AI thing, yeah. can't you? And anyway, um, so I hope that answers your question. It I think does, yeah. I think- it can work, but it needs to have – be looking at individual – sorry, individual needs, mm-hmm. but also making sure that there's a level playing field as well so it's not us and them. Yes. Having some remote, some in the office – and everybody's talking. It's like, what, what's going on? And you can't understand the whole dynamic. So yep. understood. Yeah, I think it just needs managing well. What I, what we've decided to do is continue to ask the team what they need, um, and just yeah, be open about it. So that's what we found has worked. Just involving them in the decision making process. We're not a big team. We've got. 11 guys in Oz um, and then offshore teams about 15, 16 but they have, they're forced to work from home at the moment they're locked down um, whereas Where, yeah. oh, they're in Nepal I yeah, think yeah. They're in yeah Nepal. which yeah. their situation's pretty yeah, bad I think they've yeah, been asking for an office for months but they just can't we get can't into do one. an office yeah so we'd like to get them into a and space. then our team here doesn't really want to move back to an office at all <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's like the grass yeah. is always greener isn't it yeah. um, what was I going to say yeah I mean I've I've got an assistant. She's based in the Philippines. Okay. And we have a chat every day because she's mm. stuck at home. Mm. Yeah, and she's got her, her husband too, right? and her little girl. But mm. she enjoys our chats. Mm. And we chat about just general. Yeah. She's, you know, about her family and what she uh-huh. did at the weekend. And I think people still need that. That human connection mm. is really important. And I guess people of well have, Suffering very much from Zoom fatigue. We are, aren't we? <laughs> and it is yes. quite exhausting. Mm. Even though you're not going anywhere or doing anything, you're doing something, but you're having uh-huh. to really, really listen because you don't get the nuances that you might get mm-hmm. in person-to-person contact. Yeah. 
and you also will go back to back to back to back because you think you can fit everything in. I know. <laughs> because be. a I'm mistake, doing that yeah. today that I'm just like, oh, golly, I haven't factored I th- in I when I'm going to eat. think we did from like April to July. Yeah, that <laughs> was a big maybe burn in August. Yeah, so yeah think, you guys had a yeah. riff old ride. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were so... So lucky here. Um, it but was then again, I had meetings out on Tuesday, I think, and I had from like nine till two and I only had three hours of meetings. The rest was driving around. Yeah. So just to me, that felt like a big waste of a day. It's, I think, again, it's the balance, isn't it? Yeah. You so, can't do that every day. Yeah. And I do that. So I have a couple of days in the city and I love it. I mean, Brisbane, I love the city here. It's great. Um but I wouldn't want to go in five days a week because it is the no, commute. It's the commute, right? You have to consider that because, like you said before, I've, I myself have found myself more productive at home because we yeah. can do back-to-back meetings. You can probably do three hours of meetings in a three-hour block, whereas if yeah. you want to do three hours of meetings and travel, that's all you can do in a day. Um, yeah, so it becomes… Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the commute in mm-hmm. Melbourne is probably worse than the commute is in mm-hmm. Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, but I, when I was mm-hmm. talking to you at the beginning, yeah. how it's a lovely sunny day, but on yeah, Wednesday yeah. it was a horrendous storm. And getting back through that, which was unfortunately my meeting day, uh, was horrendous. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to die, quite honestly. You uh, can have some <laughs> interesting storms up there. I've been stuck um, in a, having to pull over my car because you just can't see where you're going. Yes, and, yeah. Well, yeah, it was absolutely terrible. And I had my teenage daughter with me, and she's a total panicker as well. But, um, okay. and yeah, you can feel it. It starts getting really dark and ominous, like some kind of horror film. And you know it's coming, and you hope that you get home before... It starts, but we didn't. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I've gone a little bit off piece there. No, that's, um, a, that's okay. I've got so, another, I'll drive go into a, probably a different point because I think yeah, what we're sort of getting at here is um, the most important thing is building a culture around people, understanding their needs, wants, desires, and bringing that into business. Also getting some diversity through business and working in, in ways of working in our people, um, age, demographic, female, male demographic. I think that's all really important. Values have also been talked about. So you would imagine having this in place will attract more high-performance people to your team. How do you – so we, if you're starting out, you're pretty early on, you're one or two people in a startup space – how do we bring this sort of culture perspective and thinking in early before we just bring in just talent? Because that's one thing you can get sort of stuck in, just bring in talent. They might not be right for where you want to take or thought about culture. So what would you recommend there? That's a really great question. And I think you need, if it's, as you say, a couple of people or a few people, is really, really understanding what your mission, your vision, your values are. At the very start, how can you bring people on if you don't understand what you're doing yourself? So make that really clear and not wishy-washy, concrete, completely no, because you can't teach people what you don't know yourself. Um, Agree. If you're not clear, you cannot communicate it. And you're not going to communicate it clearly, that's for sure. And also the other thing as well, you might bring people on because they're the most – experienced technically amazing person but there could be a real disconnect from a cultural perspective 
and you're a bit hoodwinked um, by that. So again, really understanding your values and sometimes culture fit can be better than skill fit Mm -hmm. um, or capability fit because you can teach skills. Of course you can. But it's much more difficult to get somebody with those shared values. So looking outside the box and looking at potential people that kind of fit, that that can do it, not necessarily right now, but will be able to do it in the future if you spend the time. I guess it's having that time available. Um, and from a commercial perspective, if you've got somebody with potential, their salary expectations will be a lot lower rather than somebody who's got all the skills, all the experience. you got to be paying for that. But also with that, they could come with their own What's the word that I'm looking for? Um, Why is it doing kind of bully, That bully <laughs> ego. Pardon? Toxic culture comes to toxic mind. Toxic culture, just, exactly. Know, corrupt the office. And, and a bully can really destroy the whole team. Mm. Um, and so not having ego, but having those growth mindsets and not hiring somebody just because you're dazzled by their technical brilliance you need to think deeper than that because the damage that that bully could cause that ego could cause could be really detrimental to your team and i've seen it happen Mm -hmm. um and it's a mistake um it's a big challenge if they're but you won't know that because if you don't know you Mm -hmm. don't have the clarity on Mm -hmm. what your values are what you your vision is what your mission is then you're just going to be amazed by these technical skills and mm. not see beyond that. So I'd say get the clarity, get the foundations mm-hmm. um, sorted. I think it's important, as you, especially when you're starting out one, two, three, four people, you really mm-hmm. need people on the same page um, that are driven by the same things and are prepared to learn and grow together. I think that's one thing that I've said a couple of times, but growth together is important in any business, especially as you're building something from nothingness. Um, And then eventually your objectives are to grow, support, and help more people. Um, Or that's maybe one of your objectives, right? So uh, you need the team to be growing and, and on that same trajectory. Otherwise, it's, yeah. We've had people in our business that... um have been technically great, and I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. They just don't fit the mold, and they just want to do things the way they're doing it, and they don't want to support and help, but it just doesn't work at all. Team players yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, there's still that opportunity to innovate, and I think it depends how you manage them, but you could spend more time managing them Correct. than you could with the team that are actually uh, being team players. Yeah. The other thing, I think you made a really good point there as well. So when you're a small team, you're bootstrapping and you're struggling for to make those sales and, and everything, that if you've got the same shared values, you can look beyond that mm-hmm. yes. and rise everyone up together. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if it's just a job and it's people are just there to do a job, then they don't really care. They'll go yeah. and get another job. If mm-hmm. they're... So... I think if you get those people, they're going to, you guys support each other a lot more as well. Um, 
which I, I think is really important. Yeah, support's very important in business. Um, yeah. Well, again, it's like a family. It's yeah. I know it's a bit corny, like a family, like a marriage, but you need that support to get through the tough times. And particularly for tech startups, it's going to be tough. The Your Canvas, your Atlassians, et cetera, et cetera, they haven't had it easy. They And they're the unicorns well, that people talk about. There's millions of others that don't get to that level nor scale but can still be successful in their own right. Um, yes, that is That's a really reality. good point, actually. I love the animal analogy. <laughs> so I met, uh, do you know Faith Rees from Six Pivots? So I, she's she's up no, in Brisbane. Anyway, yeah. she's very much into – she's one of the, mm-hmm. the women I was talking about, yeah. about flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's not a unicorn. She doesn't want to be a unicorn. She, she wants to be a zebra. And that's much more about sustainability. Um, so it's it's not – being a unicorn isn't for everybody. And there are various mm-hmm. an, other animals in the zoo. Of course. <laughs> I can't remember. There's camels. Yeah. I think there's a donkey. You don't want to don't be, be a donkey. donkey. No, Donkey's no. the wrong thing to be. And a gazelle. Yeah. A gazelle's in Africa. So it's very nimble and fast and, mm-hmm. and what have you. But look, at the, look it up. I'll send you um, – a link there's some really interesting yeah. animals and you don't all have to be unicorns agree so. i think if you're just all focused on that um that's and i think you need to as as founders and people directing the level of the business that's key you need to know where you're going what your objectives are what are you trying to achieve because that will set up the way you make every decision and people is probably, I would say, the most important decision you're going to make in business um, yeah. because you have the right people and culture around you, the, the rest will come. It will take time. It will come. You collectively work together. You will solve the problems. You will evolve the business. And I think there's a lot more longevity from that as well rather than yes. um, just chasing the money um and what have you that your company will probably last longer with that kind of approach um and the other thing i've noticed so when companies get their funding mm-hmm. and you've got two different mindsets one well hey it's like we won the lottery and they just throw it around willy-nilly and they'll offer the big bucks you know 10 20 percent more mm. than the average salary okay but then which as a recruiter oh great big B. <laughs> but then yeah. six months later they've had to make these people redundant because they spent all the money like a lottery winner and then these people are back on the market so quite often when i'm talking to clients and they're offering silly money i'll say look just obviously it's not my bit. money <laughs> but yeah. in my experience it's not necessarily a good thing. And it's also not necessarily a good thing for the candidates because then they get used to a lifestyle. At that level, yeah. Yeah, yeah whether they buy a house or rent a house or their car or going out for dinner or whatever, they're going on holiday. And then when they get back to real life, it's really disappointing. <laughs> so it's a mistake I, I have seen. It's actually probably not as bad here in brisbane it tended to be more in london probably because there were Mm -hmm. bigger sums of money that were were being dealt with um actually i have seen a few in brisbane that do that where you think oh you're probably paying too much there's a 
and naivety on the, the founders and the business owners' perspective because, yeah, business is just painting a nice picture. It's not as easy as people make it out to be. There's a lot of yeah. learning to be done. Um, as you level up in business, you need to learn new things, solve new problems. That's a great thing. But if you if we were to start with $2 million in the bank when we started, I would have blown that money too. Um, and I would have probably done all the wrong things because you don't have the level of understanding of what really needs to be done at those stages. So I think it's important if you're in that bucket, get good advisors around you. They're going to help you guide you on this journey too, not just um, – uh, think that you know it all because generally that's when you can get yourself into all sorts of trouble. Absolutely. And I think as well when you're dealing with – you haven't got $2 million, you're dealing in uh, mm-hmm. bootstrapping. Yes. It makes you much more resourceful. So mm. you'll squeeze every last bit out of what you need you've to. got. <laughs> yeah. And then once you do get the money, you've still got the experience of being resourceful, being resilient, mm-hmm. yes. et cetera. Um, because too much can actually be a bad thing. Yeah, because you're going to find places to spend it. Yes. That's, you can yeah. get a bit flabby. Yeah. You can get a bit flabby. You can get yeah. a bit lazy. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't mean literally, obviously. You know what I mean. Yeah, I get you, yeah. Because yeah. you've got too much, you mm. kind of like whatever, sort of we'll just throw some money at it and it'll yes. happen mm. rather than that resourceful attitude that you had at the beginning yes um so i'll I'll take it back to money is one type of resource there are plenty of others there's yes there's there's just time is a resource too (laughs) there are just innovation i believe is a resource and just people's ideas are resources networks are resources um yeah, there's plenty yeah. of other different resources that we can tap into. Channel partners Absolutely. can be a focus and a resource. So I think, yeah, we just – I think a lot of – I've heard this when I speak to a lot of startups is, oh, we need the money to do X. So I ask the question, why? What else could you be doing um, to drive this forward? How else might you do this? So I think you've just got to ask different questions. There's many other ways to get things done than just having dollars in the bank. It's not the only answer. Absolutely. And, I mean, I deal with – quite a lot of early stage bootstrapping startups and they haven't got much money uh-huh. but they could turn into it's unlikely they're going to be the next Canva or Atlassian yes. for example mm-hmm. but be really successful so I help them out and do low fees so they can start building their teams and then once they get to that level they say look we yeah. do actually need to move it up a notch uh-huh. uh, but yeah. it was to help you to, to lift you there um and and what have you so yeah having that flexibility which is uh-huh. from my own personal perspective because i can make my own decisions rather than more working in a corporate it company i can offer you can what, do that right yes yeah a manager would probably shoot me for offering some of the fees that i do but these people will come back to me when they are successful so it's all again coming back to the people and the power of people. So, if if you're coming from a place of helping businesses grow, that's a great place to be. Um, obviously, it may impact in the short term, but I think, yeah, if you're standing in that place, that's generally going to serve yourself, your business, and your culture in in your own world, right? Absolutely, and it's it's a long game, um, but <laughs> Brisbane. There's like one degree of separation 
So you try and try to annoy as few people as possible because everybody knows everybody. Uh-huh. But I think there's still what is generally the six degrees of separation. So the more you help people, the more it gets out there mm-hmm. about how you've helped people and brought them up. And it comes back. It's karma, isn't it? It comes back in dividends and, and not literally, you know what I mean? No, uh, I get you. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, it's always it's an interesting chat. Last question I'll ask you is if you're um, in a position of retaining people in a team, as I imagine it's going to be your land of culture, but if you have a low-performing person in your team, what happens from there? What do we do? Well, again, I think what's important is clarity. So have you made this clear to this person what good performance or outstanding performance actually is? Which I think is really. And do you important. really know? <laughs> Again, is yeah. do you have the clarity yourself, like from the beginning, in terms of the values, mission, vision, etc. The other thing as well is don't wait till the annual review or the quarterly review or whenever you do your reviews and say back in January you did this. Say it in the moment. Be direct. Be honest. Um, Deal with it immediately, uh, I think, is really, really important. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and and then you can overcome it. Rather than waiting till the end, mid-May, where we are, you know, mid-end May, and it's like, well, that could have been sorted. A stitch in time saves nine, so to speak. <laughs> and I think the other thing as well is really, if they've been a really good performer and then suddenly it's, tipped over why and finding out what the underlying cause is and that might be a clarity thing too once again that you've touched upon it could be a clarity thing it could be a personal personal thing Mm -hmm. which again understanding people as people where you know with families or hobbies or whatever as i said but really understanding that and and having that conversation and finding out, is it capability or is it their attitude? That's a, Yeah, that's important. Um, yeah, because if it, attitude is dwindling and there's no interest in being a part of the team culture vision, which I hope that you've done, um, then that needs to be brought to a head because that's not going to serve the business um, or exactly. the person being in the business, if that's the case. But, I mean... The attitude could be they're not getting on with somebody on the team. Mm -hmm. So you could maybe look at the team dynamics. So it could be something quite simple that is retrievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Or they've just developed a bad attitude. (laughs) But there might be an underlying cause. And so you need to ask lots of questions. If if they were a great performer at one point and they've turned to a not-so-great performer, something's changed. So if we can solve the problem, then we might get them back to where they were. And that probably happens sometimes if you – promote someone and they're not mm. ready for it or then they don't want to be in that role as well that's a really great point and also <clears throat> if you wanted that promotion but you didn't get it so i've known of yeah. people that haven't got the promotion and then they've um kind of just been cross about it and their attitudes completely changed when they've been a really good performer i know of mm. 
a number of people that that's happened to. Okay. But then, as Anthony said, or Anthony, sorry, British. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? That people that don't have the skill set and they get promoted and they can't live up to it, and then they self-select themselves out as well. Um, so again, it's about managing mm. that. Um, and then the capability, can you train them? Do they have the capability to be trained? Great, if they do. But if they don't, again, you ha- need to have a different conversation. Yeah. Mm. Um, in that situation, it's probably better you, you might leave them where they are to perform better in that role than trying yeah. to learn and upskill them with their performance, say, 70% of what they could have done in the other role. You'd be more, they'll be more but, effective and happier potentially too. But I've known other people that they've been promoted, but then they've had bad family situations like going through a divorce and they've had to focus on that, yeah. which is so having the conversation and allowing them to take that step back uh, and still being part of the organization. Um, so again, it's about the people. people. Yeah. It's, it's having the questions, why. having yes. that dialogue. Mm. And you can still have that dialogue whether you're face-to-face or like we're face-to-face remotely and finding out what's going on. Look. Not in a nosy parker, coming from a, a place of help <laughs> and, yes. and what have you. Oh, brilliant. So. Um, Nicola, I think there's plenty for people to think about uh, listening to this episode, especially if you are a building team. Um, there's plenty to learn in this space because yeah, we all want to build team products and business that's uh, going to grow and expand um, and serve yeah. more people, I think, um, in the startup and that sort of space. That's generally what people are looking to do. So it's really important to get this right from the beginning. So touching upon culture and understanding where you're going, um, some really good um, insights through this conversation. Nicola, it's been a pleasure. If there's the last couple of things if I wanted to add, but um, otherwise share how people can learn about JJP Talent and uh, Solutions and uh connect with you thank you well i've really enjoyed chatting to you it's been Um, a great chat (laughs) thank you and yeah it's all about the people that's (laughs) what i always say and it's fairly simple really i mean i know there's complexity people are complex um in terms of getting in touch with me um i'm pretty visible on linkedin Mm -hmm. um and Feel free to share my LinkedIn profile, but yeah, it's will. basically Nicola Christina Steele. Um, Christina C H well Nicola N I C O L A Christina C H R I S T I N T I N A Steele S T W L. I have to say that because it's a simple name, but people play spell Nicola incorrectly, Christina incorrectly, and stick an E on the end of Steele. So there you <laughs> Get go. It all wrong. Um, yes, exactly, but. Um, happy to connect. Um, love talking to you. It was great. And um, yeah, and if anybody wants any help, either in terms of growing their teams or some advice about people within their team or people within teams that, that want advice themselves, then a career, career advice, then I'm happy to talk. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Really appreciate it. Coming up to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you.